welcome to a special edition of Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. I'm your host, Bill Krieger, and today is Thursday, July 23rd, which happens to be the 30th anniversary of the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. And my guest today is Amy Ostrander, and she's here to talk about how the ADA personally impacted her family. So Amy, if you'd please introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Sure. Um, again, my name is Amy Ostrander. I am the lead system administrator for Workforce Connect at Consumers. I've been at Consumers um, about four and a half years now. Thanks for being here with us. We want to talk about the ADA, and um, you and I have talked a little bit. I've, I've kind of heard your story, and it really struck me because I have three children. And all three of them went to school and we did kindergarten roundup and they went to school and they would leave the house. They would get on the bus. They would do their thing at school. They would get on the bus and come home and all that stuff that happens in between. We never even thought about, we just took it for granted that they were going to be taken care of, but that really wasn't your experience. So if you could talk a little bit about your son and the experience he had in going to school. My son, whose name was Dylan. He was five years old when um, he started kindergarten, but there was a long road ahead of um, that before the decision was made that he could even go to kindergarten. He was born with a rare genetic disorder. And then on top of that, he had cerebral palsy from the waist down, which has affected his ability to walk. He could walk with a walker, but would get tired out pretty easy. So he required a wheelchair. Usually children don't get wheel electric wheelchairs until they're about 10 years old, but he proved that he could handle it. So he was able to get one at the age of five. Starting our um, journey to kindergarten um, was kindergarten roundup, which every kindergarten gets excited for. We go to kindergarten roundup and soon realize that the entryway into the school that everybody goes in didn't really accommodate a wheelchair. Um, There was a step. So that was like a first aha moment for my husband and I where we were like, well, if he's going to come to kindergarten, this um, this situation isn't going to work. So what are we going to do? So in order to finish going into kindergarten roundup, we were able to go through a back door. Um, that was level and he could get in. So then during kindergarten roundup, all the other teachers were super busy um, with their introductions and just mingling with the students. And then you had my son who had certain disabilities and um, kind of was feeling like more of an outsider because he didn't know how to join in because of um, the different equipment that he had because he also was on oxygen. We had one super angel um, kindergarten teacher that knelt down and introduced herself and really encouraged him to come over and she really interacted and brought all the other kids in there with him so he felt included. And then the next thing of kindergarten roundup that everybody gets excited for is that bus ride well regular school buses are not equipped to um, handle a wheelchair so she picked him up out of his wheelchair with his oxygen and she took him for a bus ride 
So he was included and didn't feel like he didn't have that chance like everybody else. Because he had different limitations, you know, we always were the struggle of, okay, how do we make him feel included? How is it equal? You know, because he just isn't, you know, like every other kid. It's interesting. ADA was signed 30 years ago and Dylan would have been 21 this year. Then it sounds like we had this in place, but it still really wasn't being fully utilized. It wasn't. And Dylan was the first one in the school district to really have something like this, uh, a wheelchair. So if you can imagine him going um, to school in the old, I mean, there was ADA in place, but just going to the bathroom was different. So we had to get an aide to help him because with the wheelchair, the doorways weren't wide enough. So he couldn't get his wheelchair in there. So we had to make sure he had an aide with him all the time to be able to do things such as go to the bathroom or um, certain other things. There were some classrooms that the doorways um, were really tight for him to get into. So if they went to music class or something like that, the ADA was there, but didn't incorporate everything that was needed for, for instance, for his type of disabilities. That really goes back to, for many of us, we just send our kids to school and we know that everything's taken care of. And something as simple as needing to use the restroom um, was really a challenge for him and probably is a challenge for, for many other students that are in, in that same situation. Absolutely. And the other piece of it was then how do you get on a school bus? They're bigger districts. I do know they, they have special buses that you'd be able to um, get a wheelchair on. Coming from a small town like we do, they didn't have something like that. And so it was trying to figure out, okay, so how can he ride the school bus as well? Because both my husband and I had to work. So we had to rely on the school to get him to and from daycare that he was at. Then it came down to they had to comply with the ADA and he had to be able to attend. So they got Dean Transportation. Well, Dean Transportation is great, um, and it allowed him to get his wheelchair um, on and off the bus. Problem is, is they have specific routes, and being in an outlying county and out in the um, country like we are, um, their routes were a little bit different. So they always, um, he got to school an hour late, and he always had to leave 45 minutes early. So imagine this five-year-old already feeling um, different um, and then coming in an hour later when they've already started their day or having to leave 45 minutes early when they're still finishing up, you know, activities that they did. Um, so it was really a struggle and my husband and I became huge advocates, not only for him, but for others in the school district and worked with special education with the county, you know, to make these changes, to make sure that, you know, the ADA 
was followed and actually opened up a bit more because yeah, they're great guidelines, but it's not all encompassing. Well, and you know, it sounds like Dylan was only with us for a short period of time overall, but maybe the impact that he had for others uh, coming after him was huge then. It did not only um, tremendous confidence booster for him that he got to be included and do everything that the other students did. I look at, yes, I lost my son, but it was also an awesome teaching moment for all the other students in the entire school, not only for just his classmates, but the school. They all knew who Dylan was because they learned empathy. They learned, you know, how to help him. Everybody, um, all of those students to this day um, will see me and say, hi, Miss Ostrander. I remember you, you were um, Dylan's mom. So he made such an impact on those students and they never treated him differently. And that is truly what my husband and I wanted. But um, so we're still like such ambassadors to make sure that ADA is followed or um, just because it's in the ADA law, what else can be done? It's kind of those eye-opening moments that you don't think about until you actually go through it. It really touches me because initially Dylan wanted to go to school because that's what kids do, right? They want to go to school. And this is something that was for Dylan. And what it really turned out to be was something that enriched the lives of the people around him. And sounds like it was tough a little bit, but it also sounds like you um, you talked about angels and advocates. And, you know, here at Consumers, we talk about allies. And so I think this really speaks to the importance of having allies uh, for people who need that assistance, because certainly Dylan couldn't do it by himself. And uh, you and your husband couldn't necessarily do it by yourselves. But with the help and assistance of those angels, along the way you were able to as we come to the close of the podcast uh, amy is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience if you ever feel strongly you know about it's the inclusiveness and to know how much that changes the life of the person that it truly affects is just to include them and not treat somebody differently because they look different or they approach things different. Everybody is equal and they just may end up at the end of the road doing it a little bit differently, but everybody has, should have the same opportunity. Thank you so much, Amy, for sharing your story with us and explaining how allies can help those with disabilities. And thank you to the audience for joining us to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And remember, if you'd like to catch any of our previous episodes from within Consumers Energy, please go to the Culture site, click on the Wellbeing tab, and scroll to the bottom. If you are reaching us from outside of the company, don't forget to check out our iTunes site where we have all of our previous podcasts as well. <music>